You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with the fall guy. Let's do it later. Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes! Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Because nope. I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th, hosted by Kevin Hart. The seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. Oh, baby! <laughs> Good call on the unmute. <laughs> Manual edition here. Uh, what is up, everybody? Welcome into Training Camp Edition of the DMVR Nuggets Podcast. Let's go! Let's go! <laughs> <laughs> the vibes, we're faking the vibes, guys. We're in a hotel room. But there it is. What? I guess hit on that one there. <laughs> he was waiting to see if I could uh, muster enough strength to do an air horn, and he's like, "This is I pathetic." He let had me, to come in with the save. Let me find. Yeah. Uh, let me let me find what's going on here, um, guys. As you can see, we are in a hotel, a, a disclosed location, a yes. hotel room in San Diego. As we come out here to cover Denver Nuggets training camp, uh, day one availability today. And I got to say, actually, Harrison, I feel like it was um, content rich. I just went, I had to go back through and transcribe everything, you know, you don't kind of take all the notes. As I was going through, I was like, man, this is good. This is going to be a good thing to talk about. Day one of training camp, hope springs eternal. So (laughs) how would you grade? So yesterday the vibes were 10 out of 10. How would you, how would you grade the vibes today? Definitely not 10 out of 10. (laughs) (laughs) Media day vibes for the Nuggets this year were just off the charts. So immaculate. Yeah. Never seen anything like that. You can't really compare them. Yeah. It's incomparable. Um, Training camp day one. I don't think they were I don't think it was the best vibes from a training camp day one I've ever experienced. Probably not the worst. Probably no. somewhere in the middle. I'd say a seven out of ten. I would go higher than that. I think what you were talking about is basically um don't put me on kill, by the way. I just wanted to be have it up so I could see it in front of me. Um, I think what you're talking about is Michael Malone, who by the way was in a car accident, and you made note of this today that after practice, he was always in a car accident last week. After practice, doing some back stretches, like doing some like just no. Mike Malone was getting his uh, knee wrapped with ice after the practice today. <laughs> so I, I say all of that to, and he also talked about. I believe he talked about having a surgery or some kind of injury or something over to a, to, to a summer. So like he's had a physically eventful um, off season. And I, I was sitting here as we were talking before we went live about just your kind of read on Michael Malone today. Maybe not not grouchy, but just maybe like lower vibes than everybody else he's probably just in pain man maybe i'm yeah. telling you he's probably just in pain going through all this different stuff and that adds in a unique layer to it i mean he said that car accident was a week ago yeah but car accident have you been in a car accident luckily not one where it sounds like it's been that what intense. kind of car accident have you been in tell just us minor stuff little minor yeah minor whose fault was it i mean that's <laughs> That's up to the judge and jury. <laughs> I'm not I'm not here to deliberate past events. You know, that's that's in the past. Uh, case closed. Yeah, uh, we know it was your fault. But uh, nothing, nothing major. It happens, man. It happens. Um, but that was only a week ago. Yeah. You know, and it seems like he was really shaken up by that. So he's probably still feeling the effects. Do you ever have? I mean, this is like how it is. Like, say you're going on a vacation or something, and in your mind, you know what it looks like, and then something happens to like completely throw out. You get sick or something like this, and you're like, yeah. man, I didn't picture that. It's honestly probably he guys all summer he's planning on right. this training camp and all of a sudden you have this wreck and you're like, crap, I didn't picture myself being in pain for yeah. the entirety of it's this. It's go time. And you, all yeah. your attention is focused on the task at hand and all of a sudden you've got just um, this other huge thing. Um, So today we talked with Jamal Murray. You talked with Bruce Brown uh, and we talked with Christian Brown yeah. and then we talked with Michael Malone. Um, And I, I pretty much all of today is going to be going over that because I felt like there was enough from it. Obviously, this was Jamal Murray's 
um, first day back at practice and kind of both an important day, but also I think more an important symbolic day as we'll kind of get into. So um, so we can cut the chit chat and kind of get into some of these notes. I felt like Michael Malone's notes were the most interesting, but uh-huh. I know what the people are tuned in for. They're tuned in for Jamal Murray. <laughs> they want to hear from him as he goes through the first, uh, you know, the first full day to set the tone. Very nice campus here in San Diego. You're impressed. This is my second year here. Oh, this is your second year. This is your first time. Well, my point was, like, it is funny when you talk about needing more space. Like, this space is enormous. It's actually too big. There's, There's I don't five think total courts. Yeah, I don't think they're using all the courts. I think they've roped off some courts of, yeah. like, we don't even need this many courts. There's five courts in one no. building under one roof. Yeah, it's but, pretty incredible. But it is really nice. So it does, like, I don't think, the reason I'm bringing this up is when you get into a season, Teams don't practice. Here's what's interesting about a, pre- a training facility or a practice facility. Mm-hmm. You need it for training camp. The rest of the year, you have 10 guys practicing once every three weeks. You go right. out there. You basically do walkthroughs. Half the times you're doing a walkthrough, it's on the main court anyway. Yeah, most teams really don't even practice that much after the first three months of the season anyway. So it is an interesting little dynamic. I mean, there, yeah. there, there's a lot of different things. But obviously, when you're here, there's so many different. There's not just the like 15 guys that you have. You've also got the G League guys, the Exhibit 10s. You've got so many different trainers. Andre Miller was in the house today with the boot on his foot Man, another injury to the coaching staff <laughs> the coaching staff's very banged up at the yeah. moment it's a very banged up coaching staff yeah andre miller i don't know what the injury was but walked in the gym with a boot on his foot um so anyway just that's just to say that the people that were in the gym today i honestly got i'm not even exaggerating 50 people today inside the gym when yeah. you're all, all told you know some of that's altitude and and you, you know, got the whole g league staff too I'm all just, the trainers and stuff from there and then you got your biometrics people that are doing they you've they got their own thing. people from university of california san diego <laughs> you have a couple of those milling around not really probably doing anything but the reason i bring this up is because this is not a typical practice where it's like you know 18 guys and 10 coaches or whatever there's just so many people around yeah. right now that it's sort of a a circus and it's actually funny one of the things i do is i kind of walk like P- peyton watson's never been through this and i can tell peyton watson doesn't know like who's media who's a coach you know what i mean like these guys are new so they're kind of walking <laughs> yeah. around like he's like am i supposed to talk to this guy right. do I go am i supposed here? to be cool with this guy yeah, exactly. am i supposed to just ignore this guy uh, like am i supposed to leave am i supposed to stay first bus second bus what uh, does that mean right right all those things um the th- important stuff with Jamal Murray, I want to get into his quotes today. I, once again, the, my number one thing on Jamal Murray, we talked about how yesterday he seemed so grateful to be back and mm-hmm. all those different things. I thought the exact same thing today, man. Like he just seems in such a good spirit just to be out there. Yeah. Just to be out there. And it's like, hey, man, like <laughs> I do think there's something to this. When something's taken away from you, the work aspect of it becomes so much more entertaining. And I think that's where he's at right now, where he's like, you know, practice hard. Yeah, I loved it. Well, you know, is it yeah. like any the stuff that you probably used to not like? He's like loving right now, and even talking to media. Like he even was asked this. Somebody was like, "You missed us, didn't you?" And he was like a little bit or something like that. Like usually he'd be like, "Come on, like I hate you guys," but he was kind of like a little bit. I did. That, I missed. That was the tell. That, that was, was the, the truth. Yeah, that was the real truth. Yeah. But like Jamal's just checking off one box at a time right now. Um, you no know, media day check. First practice, check. Right. Soon it will be first scrimmage, check. First game. Yeah. Boom. Um, he did say there's still a few hurdles to get through, though. Um, you know, everything for him right now, to your point, is a little checkbox. But, you know, as we try to read the tea leaves, nobody ever gives you just a straight up answer. You know, nobody can really see. You, you can't even say, like, what percent are you at? It doesn't really make sense. Um, but you keep getting these little things. And he's like, yeah, there are some some hurdles. He said he feels good. Um, the Maybe the number one note from Jamal Murray today, and you have to pay attention to these things when they get reiterated three, four times in the course of one scrum. He just kept saying, there's a lot of new guys, a lot mm. of new guys. Everything today was trying to get on the same page. He said it, the, uh, the practice had lots of turnovers, um, but it's a good way. This wasn't like a complaint. This was kind of just like, hey, man, everybody was going so hard. Everybody was playing so fast and nobody really has chemistry yet. So like it was just it led to day one understandably a lot of turnovers but the energy was really good he's a good day high energy high energy and um yeah just it kept emphasizing over and over again every time something new would come up it was like he would end it with but you know it's day one and we got a lot of new guys right like, he kept going back to that, that. that's a classic day one it is high a energy one. but sloppy yeah if you were to like go back and look at a lot of day one of training camps that would probably be it this practice also went really long today i think I mean, the reason we're so late um you know we talked about originally you know the team will send you out an availability and sometimes they're 20 minutes late 30 minutes late 
on a bad day, they're an hour late. Today, they were like an hour late. I mean, it was really, they got pushed, but we first get an email. It's not going to be 12 guys show up at one. I don't think we got into the gym till 130, 140, something like that. So this was a very long first day. I think day. it was about two and a half hour practice. So for the NBA standards, that's really long. And, and Jamal said that it was a little bit of offense, a little bit of defense, a little bit of transition, some five on five, some shell drill stuff, oh, terminology, shell drill, baby. terminology and, uh, and everything else. He said it was a little bit of everything. We got mm. everything done today. So I do feel like this was a pretty like massive one. Um, <laughs> I love this one. He did say that, by the way, we keep trying to figure out Ryan Saunders on board, how much is new. I got a pretty good, clear impression today. Yeah. Malone, I think, gave even more insight. But Jamal, according to him, at least, everything's the same. He said even same terminology. And then he goes, maybe I shouldn't say that, like the same calls and everything. Yeah. Maybe I shouldn't even say that. But, you know, there's been some speculation I know about, like, how much are things going to change? New defensive guy in, this or that. It's We'll get into it more with Malone. I don't get the sense that there's radical changes to Denver's defensive um, approach. No, not at all. They want to be a top five defense, and it seems like they're going to do it with the same game plan that they did last season. But the difference is they just need to be more disciplined. That was also a keyword today. We'll get, uh, Malone, again, I think Malone had a lot of really, very insightful things. We'll get there. But I want to stick with Yoke here. I love this. This was maybe one of my Murray. favorite quotes. Or Murray, sorry. Murray, one of my favorite ones. He was asked like what he was doing in the offseason when he couldn't do a whole lot, you know, or as he's ramping up. He says he watched a lot of Jokic. Hmm. I like that. Like he was paying close attention to Jokic, the reads he made. And then and then here's my favorite part. You know what I love Jamal Murray as a post-up player. <laughs> he said he was paying close attention to Jokic's footwork on post-ups. Wow. And that and like copying and working on some of his footwork. How great is that? That's awesome. That's I wanted awesome. to ask Jamal. I'll have to have to ask him tomorrow. Like I I'm a post guy, Harrison. I love the post. I love good footwork. That's mm -hmm. like my favorite thing to watch. I can tell he's a post guy. He just yeah. loves footwork. He yeah. loves it. He lets he has a special appreciation for it. No, he's he's got that like Kobe Bryant mid post fadeaway uh, pivot jabs. Like he's got that in his toolbox. Right. And um, we were talking about this actually. Weeks back when, um, do you remember when Jamal put that video out of Joel Rush's where it was just the right? Compilation yeah, of his, yeah, his, his footwork. You're right. I, I actually heard that like there was actually something behind that. And I would not be surprised if Jamal Murray posted up more this year. Man, I hope so. I, I would not be surprised. Jamal, just Jamal keep, Murray. Keep a little eye out for that. Sexy post game, man. He's yeah. a really good post post player for, for a guard. Um, but then he just kept talking about how he's happy to be back on the court. And one of the things, you know, you know this inherently, but he kept saying how lonely it is when you're in rehab because he's like, you're there, but you're in the corner. And then like everybody's doing stuff like you're just kind of in the corner watching everyone practice. And he's yeah. like, you know, you're I'm just like doing a leg press off to the side. <laughs> you know, people ask a lot of the same question. Like I, even I've only been around Jamal now two or three times in the last you know couple months, and already I see the same questions kind of pop up. And so you, but he's so gracious with them because one of the things people keep asking is like, "What did you miss the most?" Mm -hmm. And he's like, "Guys, just like being on the court. Yeah, like, I don't know. There's just all of it. Just being there is just fun. Being part of everybody. Yeah. Um, and then of course he said this before, but he's celebrating everything. Um, here's the important thing though. He was asked point blank, like if he's a hundred percent, and he said he's not a hundred percent. Mm -hmm. So take that for what you will. Not 100%. It's tough not to be 100%. He says you get moments of encouragement. You make a nice play or you do something that you used to be able to do or whatever. Um, but that I thought this was really insightful when we talk about 100%, 80% where you at. He said something to the effect of I'm doing everything that I used to do, but I don't feel the way I used to feel. Yeah. Meaning what I interpreted it to mean was he can, he still will go out and do everything, you know, but maybe he feels a little soreness or maybe like you go to do well, something talks about the soreness before. Yeah. The soreness or this or that. So it's almost, this is why to me, when we talk and try to put a percentage on, I think it's just impossible to do. Cause again, like even he probably doesn't know what percentage to put on it. But to me that, that hints as much about a mental thing than it does a physical one. Or, you know, I'm, I'm sure there's elements of physical to it. I always give the example when I had, you know, I had a heart surgery like five years ago. And the thing that the sensation I had when the, the irregular irregularity in my heart was 
my heart would sometimes beat like I was out of breath. Mm -hmm. And so then when I actually was out of breath, I kept thinking like, am I out of breath or am I having an episode, you know? Yeah. And it becomes a mental thing. And I think with Jamal, it's probably that like when you go and do something or you're like, well, that feels sore, but is it sore? Cause I just jumped really hard or is it sore? Cause it's, mm -hmm. you know what I mean? Like it gets a while to where you're just like, oh yeah, sometimes sports are painful, but it's not an injury pain. Yeah. Well, when you don't do something for so long, you got to reteach your body um, how to do it. And so it's probably not going to feel normal for him right. until where, you know, a couple months into the season. I get people right now. And again, this is the thing we do in the media, especially when there's no games. Like, again, this stuff becomes so clear as you start to hyper analyze little details in this or that. The one thing I will say is because I've had people texting me like, what do you think he means by this? Or what mm -hmm. do you think? And I'm like, guys, let's just pump the brakes. Who knows? The one thing that gives me confidence is that he just seems so relaxed. Yeah. Like he doesn't look like a guy that's like, you know, somebody sent me, you know, uh, Lonzo Ball one of my favorite guys but he's had a knee surgery and now he's gonna have to have another one and all this different stuff and they're like you know jamal said he was sore at this do you think it's the same thing and again i don't know but i don't get this the feeling that's the case because jamal doesn't cross me as a guy that's sitting there like, jamal crosses me as a guy that's like very confident in where he is yeah and just knows that the next step can't be done until you go through you just have to go through yeah the next couple I, months i think back to the end of last season when we talked about every day. Is he coming back? Is he not coming back? Is he coming back? Is he not coming back? He obviously didn't come back. And he said at media day that he feels night and day compared to where he was last season. Yeah. And I believe it. I believe it because like, I mean, we obviously didn't talk to him late last season, but just watching him and talking to people, the sense I got was that he wasn't obviously 100% convinced that he was ready to come back. Right, of course. Now, he's obviously 100% in. Right, he's, right. He knows deep down that he's ready to go. Yeah. Um, he was talked, after you get through the injury portion of this, he was just talked about, there was a good question. I don't remember whose question it was, but somebody asked, you know, there's so many good scorers on the roster now. There's so many guys that can get points. You know, how do you balance all these different guys? Or some, something was like, does it make it easier on you having so many other guys out there? And he mm -hmm. said, one of the things, and I love this, one of the keys is don't fall into bad habits because a lot of times when you have a lot of good scores, one guy will take a bad shot. And then the next guys are like, well, then now I'll take a bad shot. And then it just snowballs and it's hard to get back. And I love that. That's exactly, I think, the challenge. So it was almost like he was asked, is it great having all these guys? And it was like, yes, but it's a double-edged sword because then it becomes a little bit easier just to shoot quickly. Cause you're like this or that. And that's the challenge for this team is don't take the good shot. Try to get the great one and mm -hmm. get everybody. This is going to be a theme that comes up a little bit later. Yeah. With Malone, with Malone. <laughs> yeah. It'll be interesting. Um, and then um, the, the one guy, this is my last note on Jamal guys. The one guy that he singled out as being especially helpful for him in the rehab, at least this part. Again, I'm not saying it was the number one most helpful guy, but it's the guy he singled out today. My guy, Darrell Arthur, mm. Oak Cliff's finest, who is on the Nugget staff for this year. He's in the gym. Yeah. His official title, I was told today, player development coach slash pro scout. Really? Yeah. Player development and pro scout. Yeah. I love DA, man. Yeah. Wearing two hats, wearing two hats, doing a little bit of everything. But I just thought it was great. He was like, yeah, he cool. said, Darrell Arthur is the one that's just constantly encouraging him and reminding him of all the check marks. He's like, DA will come over to me and be like, you weren't doing that a month ago, or right. you know, little little right. things like that. So I think that's it's kind of cool. Like <laughs> leadership is such a funny thing. With Co, I think about this stuff all the time. Obviously, but you know, just us building this network, this DNVR, and everything else. But like. Those little things can mean so much. Just a little check-in. Just a little like, hey, man, just think about three months ago. You know, like just a mm -hmm. reminder. You're not stuck in the mud. You're not in the mire. Like, hey, compare yourself to the past. You're getting better. Stay on the track. I think it's got to help when it comes from a player, too. Yeah. Like having ex-players, ex-nuggets on the staff. Yeah. I love that. So I think that helps, too. Um, let's take a break. I, I do want to – we're going to go over Christian Brown and Michael Malone on the other side. But if you guys have questions for us about the training camp about the nuggets in general throw those in the chat uh super producer kale will be marking the ones that he'll give to us for that final segment we'll probably have time for a little bit of mailbag um and we'll get to that on the other side as well as i'm telling you michael malone had a lot of very a interesting lot. things to say breckenridge brewery has a birthday coming up 32 years young to celebrate breck brewers throwing a weekend long hoot nanny 
Kick off the fall with live music, food, beer, of course, and games October 8th and 9th at their Littleton location. They've got national acts like the Spin Doctors and local favorites like Railroad Earth rocking out. So stay tuned uh, to everything DNVR for Hoot Nanny giveaways leading up to October 8th. Check out the link in the description or go to breckbrew.com for more details on tickets and the artist lineup. At DraftKings Sportsbook right now, the NFL action is in full swing. DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NFL. We're talking touchdowns, big plays, even bigger wins. New customers can bet just $5 on any NFL team to win. Get $200 in free bets if they do. If that's not enough, everyone can boost their winnings with DraftKings stepped-up same-game parlays. For every leg you add, you can boost your winnings up to 100%. Make sure to download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now. Use code DNVR to get $200 in free bets if your team wins. When you place a $5 bet on any football game, that's code DNVR. Only at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NFL. Minimum age and eligibility restrictions apply. See show notes for details. All righty, back here, segment two. We can get into Michael Malone um, uh, about what he had to say. You know, yeah. players are insightful in, in certain ways, but Co- Malone's always the one that's like trying to set the the tone. What are you doing here? I was trying to change it so it's just not my name on there. I forget. It doesn't. Do that, it doesn't matter. Come on, man. <laughs> it doesn't matter. People are saying he looks swole. Is it the camera? Is it the weight? Uh, camera adds ten pounds. We know. Um, All to the muscles for you. <laughs> Straight to the guns. It's, it's not the weights. Like I, I'm trying to work myself into shape here at training camp. All right. right. No, I like it. You're yeah. getting ready for the season. Yeah, I'm. I'm Pod, I'm podcasting myself into shape. <laughs> um, Malone and Christian Brown. We're going to start with Malone. First note, first item of note. Usually they do speeches the night before. And even last night. This is interesting. Even last night he said, we're going there and then we're going to have a dinner. We're going to do speeches. Usually I would do it. But what happened? Restaurant too loud. Yeah. See, this <laughs> is why I think Mike Malone was actually a little probably off his game today. It was a little, it's a little ticked off. He didn't get the traditional uh, opening night dinner speech that he usually does. Um, and instead, they had to do it this morning, which I'm sure lost the luster. Like, there yeah. is, I will tell can I tell you this, though? This is a big deal. These little, like, totems, you know, this little, like, Down, dude, this is the real stuff. Yeah. yeah. This yeah, stuff matters. No, I mean, it doesn't matter that much, but it matters <laughs> a little bit. It matters a little bit. I, th- I think so, for some coaches, it matters more than most. Like, Michael Malone, I really think this stuff matters. Yeah. I will tell you this. I think. A lot of what you take of what is said in this speech is important for understanding the season. It does it change? Does it evolve? Of course, there's going to be these curveballs. But what is said at that speech to me, and like he obviously reiterates with us, that is his way of saying, guys, this is what the story is about this year. This Mm -hmm. is the story. And he said that he reinforced the positives of the last four years. And I thought it was interesting. He said four years. So it wasn't just a lot of this was like looking at last year, looking at last year. But the one he said, I started with the positives of the last four years. To me, that's the psychology of, hey, don't forget who we are at our core. The things you do well naturally without having to be reminded. That's who you are at your core. You know, let's all do that. But here are the four things to him that he says are basically going to divide the season. Number one. The home court record. Mm, I love this one. This is a big one. George Carl s- smiling after this one, I think. Only 23 home wins last year. He called it ridiculous. It was. Ridiculous. He said we had a great road record, you know, on the flip side. And the, here's what's in there. We're going to get into why that's kind of interesting. But he said our home record, we only won 23 games. We have to take care of home court this year. It's kind of unexplainable why they were so average at home last year. Like nobody had a good answer the whole year. We asked, we tried to prod. Nobody knew. It was just one of those things. Is it? I mean, yeah, you could. My theory maybe is that you play more teams from the West at home just because you play more games against the West. Yeah, yeah but know, like just their home record last year was an outlier compared to where it's been. The and their last... road record was an outlier too. So right. I don't know. Yeah, I don't know. Um, so I, anyway, number one, a home record is going to be a point of emphasis. I hope that it's a this is a thing where it'll be fun now to talk to the players about this. You know, we'll get Jokic, I'm sure, later in the week. That's one question I, you want to ask him, like, how important is it to you to win at home? Just home games, because I do wonder if it's more of a coach speak thing than it is a player or if players. I know it is for some players because you hear about it, like you've heard the Pat Beverly's the, the raw, raw guys be like, hey, this is our home court. We make sure people sure. know they don't know that was not the case last year. 
Um, number two, and I love this one, winning our division. Yes. And I actually like this one because divisions are pointless. But here's what he says. I asked the guys last night. No one knew what division we were in. Somebody had to have known they're in the Northwest division. I think he switched these two things up because then he says some guys didn't even know what teams were in our division. So no one knew what division they were in, but some guys knew what teams were in the division. I could see some guys not knowing what teams are in the division. Yeah, that's what I mean. I could see yeah. it the opposite way. Yeah. I feel like somebody probably knew they were in the Northwest Do you know? Division. Do you know all six divisions? Do you think you could name them all? Or do you think there's any that you would... I mean, you could tell the names, but I'm saying, could you give every team in what division they're in? I think I could. It I would could take too. me a minute, though. I think I could do it rather If you easily. gave me five minutes, I probably could do it. Isn't it weird to you that an NBA player wouldn't know a division? Just like, just because you're like, we're fans of sports. But, but we're nerds, though. <laughs> yeah, maybe you're right. Maybe you're right. I just, it feels weird to me to be like, I could tell you football divisions. I could tell you a bunch yeah. of divisions. Like, how could you not know a division in the NBA, let alone your own division? I could get it with like Ish Smith, who's probably, and he's like, what, you know, I've been traded a bunch. Yeah. But like, Jamal Murray didn't know. He's gotta know. Jokic didn't know. He's gotta know. I mean, Jokic. <laughs> you're right. Maybe Jokic. He didn't grow up like with a different team. He's like, what's a division? What's a division? Um, Jamal Murray's gotta know what teams are in the Northwest Division. Come on, Jamal. He's gotta know. I think he does. <laughs> I don't know, man. Um, anyway, winning the division again. What I like about what Malone's doing here is he's trying to like get the guys to really focus in on specific games. Not that you're ever not focused. But I do like that it's like, hey, so that throughout the year he can say, hey, this is a home game against a division opponent, guys. Like everybody lock in, you know, instead no. of saying it's a Tuesday night game, it's like, hey, no, this one has a certain connotation. And by the way, winning the, if you win the Northwest, the, the team that wins the Northwest division will be, in my opinion, a top three seed. My opinion, yeah. like the Pacific will have a very good division winner. Well, so what do you got? Houston, San Antonio in the Southwest. You got Houston, San Antonio, Dallas. Memphis, Dallas. We're missing one. San Antonio. So like that one might not be a top three Memphis. one. So it really might be a top two team that win. Top two or maybe top three yeah, teams that wins the Northwest. That's what Malone is doing here. Like there's a formula to right. get a top four seed in the West, yeah. which is their goal maybe, every year. But even maybe top top three, top two. Right. You know, you, you, win, you win. You have a great record at home. You win your division. You're gonna be at worst the fourth seed in the West. I should say there was five points here, so we're two through them. And number three was the record versus playoff teams was poor, especially in the West. He said, if you look at the games we lost last year, we lost to all the playoff teams. Now this is to me was the most damning thing when you talked about the Nuggets last year. Like going into the playoffs, how much confidence did you have in them? It's like not that much because yeah. they hadn't beaten all the good teams. Like they right. kind of they kind of lost. And you started doing the playoff matchup, and you're like, okay, all these teams kind of own Denver. Like I don't. I don't know. So this one to me, I think, was probably just that the team wasn't very good. But I mm -hmm. do like the idea of like early on saying, hey, this is how we're going to measure ourselves. We want to every time we go up against a good team to treat it like a measuring stick game. Uh, I love this fourth one being better in the clutch. And I love this. I love this too. He said they were 23 and 17 last year, which was eighth. He's like, that was pretty good. <laughs> that was pretty good. 23 and 17. Yeah. He's like, but you add Jamal Murray and Michael Porter back to this lineup. He's like, we should be first. We want to be first. And I just mm -hmm. love that because all these other ones were like, you sucked at this thing. You could be better just naturally. This was one where it was like, you were already good. But look, shouldn't Jamal Murray and Nikola Jokic, just those two guys automatically be oh, yeah. one of the most clutch teams in the league? If you go back and look at the numbers, when those two are together on the floor, they're ridiculous in the clutch. Yeah. Like the Jamal Murray... Nicole Jokic pick and roll. Yeah. It's your clutch offense. And you're going to yeah. get either a bucket through that or a wide open three like every single time. And then, of course, you he talked about defense. He mentioned being 15th in transition. Um, and he put out this great stat. He said they gave up 20 points per game to the Warriors throughout the series. He's still thinking about it. He's that. still thinking about it for sure. Because it is one of those things where you look at it. Look, you can't expect your team to give up zero points off of, off of turnovers or in transition. But if you give 20 points off of turnovers... The Warriors didn't beat you that bad in games three, four, or five. You know, like you were right there mm -hmm. easily. Just cut that down to 15, 12, whatever it is. Just cut it down. Um, 
and then I love that he talked about the paint defense obviously being a big thing. Now, here's what I like. And I asked him of this. All right, those are your five pillars of the season. Okay, we talked about those are the five things he's kind of like worked Make all the summer. graphic D line. Make five the graphic pillars. The five of the pillars. Season. What's the common thread? And he says it's discipline. And I agree with this. I think focus and discipline, I would probably use them to me evenly. But he said discipline, and I kind of agree with him. If you want to be, the more I watch the NBA, when you get into the conference finals and the finals, mm -hmm. those teams just don't beat themselves, man. Right. Like, are they better or worse than some of the teams that go out in the semifinals? A lot of times, they're the same caliber of talents, this or that, and they'll always be like, the more experienced team won. A lot of it is because the more experienced team knows that, hey, the thing you can't do here is shoot yourself in the foot. Mm -hmm. You can't do the things that give them easy points because it's going to be a dogfight. We're both going to have to work so hard for the heart for most points. Don't give them eight easy ones. Don't give them 15 easy ones. And I just loved it because to me, I don't know how disciplined this team can be. That's one thing we just haven't seen from them. Even when they won in the bubble, it wasn't off of discipline. They kind of won on talent, this or that, but they fell yeah. down in every series. You know, they had some really some big duds. So I kind of like it. He's throwing out the gauntlet for basically saying, I know who this team is because I've been around most of you guys. I know the guys that we brought in. This is the thing we're not good at. We got to get good at it. He even called back to last year, too, when talking yeah. about discipline. He said something like, guys were late. So this is You're the thing. Okay. Well, no, no, but it's a good point. Yeah, like, guys were late. We weren't focused. Yep. And th this is another one of those things, along with what we talked about yesterday, guys not being in the gym before last season. Right where you yes. don't hear about it in real time yeah but then you hear about it after the fact and you're like oh i guess i guess that makes sense i think that that's what is funny man i put this this i put this together as well where i was like okay they didn't talk about that last year about guys not always being in the gym and then all guys are showing up late to everything yeah Weird. Um, but then and this is why his phrase this year don't talk about it be about it this is like he wants make the shirt right yeah now. you got to make the shirt i'm sure there is but it sounds like a nike shirt from 1998 i think i think i wore this at a camp one time or like an and one shirt the snake yeah fake letters. and one skyview camp 1991 i was all mr defense in the camp um put it on the back of a pair of shorts so but malone is trying to set this tone and honestly i'm curious to know i'm curious to follow this along because is there anybody on the team that you feel like you, I mean, I'm kind of surprised to imagine this team having guys that are showing up late and this or that. Like, I just don't, they don't seem to have the knuckleheads of the Ty Lawson era and the, and the Nate, right. Nate Robinson. So, yeah, I don't know. Um, so I thought all of those things from him coming in were really, really, um, were really big. Let me see here. Do I have another one from Mike Malone? What about Jamal and Bones? Um, where is this here? We got see. some we got some rotation talk today. Oh, we yeah, got yeah. that and we got the bench. Oh, okay. I'm trying to find it here because um I can go over the bench real quick. Go for it. Go through the lineups because he gave us who so, was first, second, and so third teams. First today. practice today. Uh he was asked about the rotations, blah blah blah. Starters are set in stone. We know that. Jamal Murray, KCP, Michael Porter Jr., Aaron Gordon, Nicole Jokic. The bench at today's practice, practice number one was Bones Highland, Bruce Brown, Davon Reed, Jeff Green, DeAndre Jordan. DeAndre Jordan at center. First practice of the year. That was the bench lineup. Can I tell you? Okay, go ahead and give it to third team now. Give third team. Today, the yellow shirts. Uh, Christian Brown. Yeah. Uh, Vlatko. Peyton. Well, here, I'll go in order for you. So it's Ish Smith. Ish Smith. I'll go in order. Ish Smith, Christian Brown, Peyton Watson, Zeke Najee, Vlatko Chanchar. Zeke basically in third now they want to practice these things can change and, and malone even said it's still fluid we're going to try out different things blah 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 but this was day one but immediately after that what he actually says is we're going to move lineups around and then he said bones and jamal have to develop chemistry we'll take jamal out early bring him back with that second unit mm -hmm. we've wondered a lot about like in my mind michael porter is the guy that staggers like he just okay he's the guy michael malone today again none of this is definitive it's day one but he did make go immediately when going through the like one sec, first team, second team, third team today, at least he immediately segued that into bones and Jamal. We need to develop a chemistry because we want to play them together, you know, in the mm -hmm. stagger. And to me, I just was a little bit surprised by that. Again, it's too early to start to like over. I don't think we should overanalyze it, but I just was a little surprised to hear that as an emphasis today.
Yeah, it, it's been one of the offseason questions. No. What does the bench look like? Is there a stagger? Right. right. And we got an answer. I mean, at, at least initially here, it seems like Jamal and Bones, they're going to get a lot of playing time together. And I love it. Like, I, I love that pairing. Michael Malone said that he feels that the defense is the same. The only thing he said was that DeAndre Jordan is a different type of center than what anything they had last year. And so they probably will have a different type of defense when he's on the court, mm -hmm. but that most of what they're going to be doing is the same. And he basically just said DeAndre Jordan will be down the floor. He'll be playing drop. He'll be playing a little bit more drop. A he'll drop, drop a little bit further. Um, you know, that's kind of what he'll be doing. But here's actually the real differences, because he actually did provide a very interesting difference for the defense here. Um, they have to get more diverse and creative with their defense, more zone and different types of zone, which I actually love. I, I actually love this. I think the Nuggets, one of their keys to success is zone defense. So I love the idea of not just playing more zone, mixing in more zone. He said last year we basically did it on out of bounds plays. Yeah. But now we're going to try to go to more zone and mix in different types of zone. And then he said different types of press. Why do you laugh at this? I think it's good. You need the personnel for. Well, here's why I don't think it. Here's why I think it's great. Who do you have on your team now? You've got Contavious Caldwell Pope. You've got Aaron Gordon. You've got Bruce Brown. You got Davon Reed, who we're going to say. We got Christian Brown. You got Peyton Watson if he's going to end up playing. Why not use those guys to full court no. press and just work guys out? Like, if you're telling me Bruce Brown, who's a bench player and he's not going to be playing maybe 30 plus minutes a night, probably, I mean, he's probably south of that. Why not use him to guard the Chris Pauls? When he's out there, hey, full court press, yeah. you're not going to be as tired as Chris Paul will be. Yeah. You don't play as many minutes, so wear him out. I totally agree. I think it's great. They should definitely do that. When it comes to the zone, though, and like mixing that stuff up, I think we hear this every training camp. <laughs> okay, that's why you're <laughs> laughing. So you feel like this is a little bit of coach speak, and then they just don't do it? Everybody wants to try out new stuff no. like entering the season. Everybody wants to try out like different schemes, and, oh, we're going to draw this zone up. and Maybe they'll do it, and it'll work and be great. I remember hearing that last training camp too, yeah. and we didn't see a lot of it during the season. So maybe we will this year, but I, I feel like I've heard it before. I think they have the personnel to do it. They do. They I'm, absolutely do. I'm telling you, this is a veteran group. I'd be a fan of it. This is a veteran group, and part of like what's hard about trying to have too complex of anything is when you have players that are young, they don't know how to do anything. So mm -hmm. you can either teach them to do three things really well or ten things really badly, but now when you have a veteran group, maybe you can have them expect a little bit more out of them in terms of the diverse diversity. Um, and then I like this part. He was asked specifically about MPJ. And he said something about, I'm a big believer. If you're not getting better, you're getting worse. And I think MPJ knows that. And he's trying to get better, meaning he's not just coming back the same player. He thinks Porter's coming back a better player. But here's what he talked about. How can he improve? And this is something, Harrison, I've heard a lot. I think we talked about it last year. Discipline within his offensive spacing. Yeah. What does that mean? Get to the corner. And this is a thing I've heard about Michael Porter from different people, you know, over the you know last couple of years. He's so good when he gets to the corner. There's numbers on this. When he gets to the corner, the team scores. Either he knocks down threes or he gets rebounds. It just changes the way the geometry of the court. But the problem is he stops at the wing a lot because that's his comfort zone. Mm -hmm. He loves the wing. And so he's saying, have discipline with your spacing. Don't stop above the break. Have the discipline to get to the corners every single time. If you're on the break, sprint to the corners. And guess what? If you watch Steph Curry, this is why I say we talk about Steph Curry as the most influential player, but players often only copy the parts of his game that are fun. Yeah. You know, like the deep threes or off the dribble or step back yeah. and sidestep. One of the things Steph Curry does so great is he sprints to the corners in transition. Mm -hmm. Like he sprints there. He's not doing anything else. He's just like sprinting as fast as he can to get to the corners. And to me, this is what, I've just heard this so many times and I can tell that this is going to be the thing with them of like, listen, Michael, you are Steph Curry. When you get to that spot, get there though. Just yeah. make it, make that your home. I'm going to give the nuggets coaching staff a, a little tip here. Maybe a little something. Oh, wow. Uh, coach, yeah. coach wind. Yeah, here we go. Remember how the bucks put those X's on the court were those like spots above the three point line. Yeah. Put an X in each corner. You know, yeah. You know, so you know. Maybe they, they did already. Remember, and I just didn't see it. But put a white X in each corner with tape where so the Michael Bucks, Porter Jr. is supposed to run every time down. I like this. So what the Bucks did was they would put a spot that was because they wanted you to be behind the the on the wing. Yeah. They didn't want you to be towed to the line. They wanted you to be like one full step behind. Right. Them. So you're taking an extra deep three, but they believe the small reduction in your percentage was worth the extra spacing that it created. Just. 
had this effect. What I like is when you scrimmage, you could do this if you're a coaching staff. You turn the Michael Porter making a corner three-pointer in the mm, box yeah. with four. There you go. That's a four-pointer. There you go. So you just play these little games where yeah. it's like trying to get psychologically in ahead. Yeah. Hey, that's when you get, get there, to the X, four. four points. Yeah, four points automatically. So, um, And then moving with the ball, he talked about this is a team you have to trust the ball. He even called him out. He said, like, there were we all played. Everybody had turnovers. Everybody had mo- bad moments. Yeah. And he's like, Michael, I think, had some shots tonight where it's like, hey, in, in the scrimmaging, like, hey, you have to trust that the ball is going to find you. We lead the league in passes per game as a team. The Nuggets last year, we lead. The, this is what we do. That's our identity. If ever there was a team to trust, don't force anything. Just yeah. trust that it's coming back to you. It's this team. Um, and but and then the last thing he said, I think he understands the growth that he needs to continue to make on the defensive end of the floor. He knows that he will be a target. And then he made this line in the finals. Nobody on that uh, was able to hide and there was nobody on the court that needed to be hidden. Um, so he said the challenge for him is that this, over the course of the season, prove that you don't have to be hidden on defense. And he said, not just him, that we have guys that need to be hidden. He's like, but for Michael, he was asked specifically about him. So he said for him, get to the point where we don't, you know, you don't feel like you're going to be targeted. And he said, and Michael understands that. Yeah. This wasn't a contentious like, oh, well, you think I'm the problem. No, it was like Michael understands that he wants it and he's working towards it. This was a talking point two years ago. Yeah. Now. I-, I remember it distinctly. Like this was a big thing because defenses were targeting Michael Porter Jr. It was the correct decision and they were exploiting him. Right. And I remember, you know, two years ago now, late in that season. He was making strides. Right. He really was making strides defensively to a point where it wasn't just an automatic bucket or an automatic foul when he got switched on to guys. Because that's the thing. It's like Yoke, you know, like Porter is actually really good defensively in specific things. He's not right. a complete defensive player. Yeah. The same way Yoke isn't. I have a theory because I don't think any bigs in the NBA are. They None of them can guard. But I'm just saying like Yoke is a post-up defender is great. Yoke mm-hmm. is a rebounder is great. There's things Jokic does that are like elite level defense. With Michael Porter, there's things he does that are elite level. Fewer things, but there are things he does. But it's, yes, it's can you now – we don't want to have to cover – we just want you to be able to switch because yeah. somebody ISOing you is not, hey, we'll live with it. And, and just the tough thing is, like I was saying, that was two years ago, and now you know he's still trying to get past he missed that a whole Because he missed a whole exactly. year. Exactly. Yeah. Like, that's that's what's tough about it. But, I mean, yeah, that that is – the next frontier he has to get to defensively. Yeah. Um, and then he said that with Jamal, Michael, I mean, he's reiterated this a few times with Yo- the big three, Jokic, Jamal, and Michael Porter. They are all coming off two guys off injury, Jokic off uh, Euro basket. He says they need to have a voice in the discussion about whether or not they play. And I love this because I feel like this is a Malone's not being fully honest. We'll see. He's, he's saying something that he might end up not being able to follow through with. He said, Jokic said he feels great. Yep. He wants to practice tomorrow. We talked about maybe having him sit out day two of practice, right? Jokic, a veteran. He's practicing. He doesn't want to. And then Malone says, look, as a coach, if a guy wants to practice, I'm not going to say you're not practicing. And he meant that about Yoke. And then I think he immediately realized, well, that's a Jokic rule. That's Shit. probably not a Jamal Murray, God Michael Porter it. rule. And he like immediately walked it back. He's like, if a guy wants to practice, I'm not going to say you're not practicing. But also, we understand that this is going to take some time to get where we want to yes. go. So yes. he immediately said something that felt great and then was like, crap, that's not. Yeah. But also, Yoke, where he's at coming off your basket is different than, of course, Jamal Murray and Michael Porter Jr. coming off surgery. But if you're wondering how Jokic feels, great. Right. Yeah, great. Doesn't yeah. want to doesn't want to sit out. Yeah. So. Ready to go. Uh, on the other side, we're going to get quick. Christian Brown didn't have a whole lot, but we'll get to the notes that he had from today as well as answer all of your questions in the chat in the last segment. Evoca TV is the GOAT in Colorado sports, the greatest of all TV. They've got Altitude Sports, AT&T Sportsnet. They've got other national channels as well, over 60 entertainment channels, including news, movies, and more. You can get Evoca for $25 a month plus a $5 receiver fee, but right now you guys can go to evoca.tv slash Colorado 10, evoca.tv slash Colorado 10. You get $10 off your Evoca TV subscription per month for your first three months so go to evoca.tv slash colorado 10 evoca.tv slash colorado 10 to get ten dollars off your evoca tv subscription for your first three months 
Also, Game Time tickets. Download the Game Time app. There's like so many random sites out there to buy tickets on. You're going through them all, trying to compare uh, what tickets are cheapest, what site has the best deals, where are the service fees lower. It's Game Time. Don't Use- worry about all that. Download the Game Time tickets app. The link is in the description on YouTube, or if you're listening via podcast, it's in the description as well. It's the hottest new ticketing site on the market. It makes it easier than ever to score the best deals on tickets to sports, concerts, and shows. Join over 15 million people who have downloaded the the GameTime app. Go uh, support us, support DNVR, um, and buy tickets through that GameTime link in the description, both on YouTube and on the podcast, if you're listening there. Are we back? We're back. All right, guys, segment three. Real quickly, let's go over Christian Brown. Um, I get to you like I always tell you this is my first note. I always tell you that I'm six foot five. I just always like to size myself up with the guys that are like six yeah, five, go six, chin six, to whatever. Chin with these guys. Yeah, I just want to see if Stare they're lying. down. I want to see if they're the Gary Harris six five, which is like six three, or if they're like, you know, a legit he's six seven. He's he's like meaningfully taller than me. He did look tall today. He looked really, really tall today, yeah. man. I'm so I'm just saying, he's like standing up straight. Again, I, we, we were joking about this on the ride over. You know, negative wingspan. This guy's wingspan six six. If he was a shooting guard at six four with a six six wingspan, we'd be like, oh, good wingspan because of this or that. Like to me, Christian Brown, I honestly think he has like above average measurables for a shooting guard. He's got great size for a shooting guard. Yeah. I think he's got a frame that's going to fill out as well. He's got he's got yeah. great size there. Yeah. Um, his notes today. I love this first one. This is his first day playing with Jokic. Yeah. And it was like, hey, what you know, what what stood out? And he goes. Um, he's really good. <laughs> he's like, he threw some passes today that really stood out. Like you yeah. gotta be ready. Pretty it's good a, player. Yeah, pretty like, good. Yeah, can score a little bit. I love it. I love this one. He said this biggest difference between college practices and NBA practices is he said college practices. The coaches are on top of you the I whole time. That. They're like, tell you, know, there's no, everybody's locked in this or that. And he said in the NBA, you know, everybody's expected to handle their business, meaning no coach is sitting there just, you know, you see college practices. They're constantly yelling at you like, water break, three minutes, let's go. Get on the baseline. Yeah. NBA, they're like, well, you guys are adults. Like, we got to, everybody kind of handle your own business. And that's kind of how he put it is everybody, um, he said you get more space to do things mm-hmm. because everybody is expected to be able to handle that, um, which I just thought was a cool little note. Um, he also said nothing was new today. Like he's been in the gym basically since summer league. So he said, you know, with all the terminology today, day one of camp, you're going over a lot of, this is how we do the fundamentals. Every team does them different, by the way. Like, are you trying to force shade this way? Are you trying to rotate like, you know, this or that? He's like, I, we'd already been over all that. So today, at least there was nothing new. He's like, I know there will be some new stuff coming up, but today at least was the value of young guys sticking in Colorado in the off season. Sure. Like had Tavis call a post been in the league. He's like, Oh, we do it this way. We call it that. Okay. Got it. Like Boom. that's what trading yeah. camp is for five days in. You're like, cool. I got it. Young guys. They need these concepts. He's been going through them for long enough that he kind of got them. Um, let's see. He did say though, that Jokic makes things different. So he's like some of the stuff that I've already been doing. He's like doing it with Jokic. He's like, there's just little differences. So, he, yeah. he said he's picking it's probably up a little those. different playing with Jokic than it is playing with um, DeAndre Jordan Udoka Azabuki. <laughs> <laughs> is that, that was the, I think he played with him yeah, at Kansas, at probably. Kansas. Um, and then he also said Ish Smith, he singled him out as another guy that was like has unique things about him that he's very unique. He's a unique yeah. player. So, man, by the way, Ish Smith, his three point shot. Have you seen it? Yeah, I did not know. Did you? He well, he, he doesn't take any threes. He doesn't. That's yeah, that's why I must not have. <laughs> yeah. He's it's like Derek Fisher right handed. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <Derek laughs> the right handed yeah, Derek. Fisher. Yeah, you're kind of right about it. Uh, it's a little jarring. All right. Super producer. Kale, we got some questions here in the chat. What do we want to go to here to wrap up? Uh, Dragotin Markovic says, notice any new friendships? I love this one. <laughs> I love this. one. This is why we're here. This is why we're here. It, it's only day one, guys. Like this is. It's day one. Um, when I was talking to Bruce Brown, Christian Brown was right there, and they were having a little Brown and Brown back and forth. Brown on Brown. That sounded (laughs) terrible. Let's never say that again. (laughs) Never say that again. Brown, (laughs) Brown on Brown. All right, what else we got? Uh, so the answer to that question is a good question. I probably too early to tell. Too early. Honestly, yesterday was the day where you like you're like, oh, DeAndre and Jeff, (laughs) you know, thick as thieves. Yeah. Definitely DeAndre and Jeff. Like those guys are 
can probably do everything together this year. Yeah. I heard they're going to a Dodger Padre game together. <laughs> Can't get out these details, man. All right. What else we got? Fernando says, which player do you see playing their way into the rotation, ro- into a rotation spot or losing one? Again, it's day one. So if we just go off of, let's just pretend that today's rotation is the actual depth chart. It might be. <laughs> which it might be. Um, again, Christian Brown to me, I'm just putting my, you know, I'm staking my claim on Christian Brown Island. I think he could beat out Davon Reed. Zeke Naji. Absolutely. Yeah. Zeke Naji would be the next guy. Those are the two rotation spots that are the least cemented. Backup small forward, backup center. There you go. And Zeke Naji, Christian Brown would be the ones playing into those spots. I don't think, by the way, anybody should read too far into the depth chart. Let's if that's that if that's the depth chart in one week, I do think you could probably read into it a little bit, but I don't know that we need to. I think it's notable that it is noteworthy. Day so one, that's day what one. they want to. Yep. And that Michael Malone didn't necessarily specifically go out of his way to be like, don't read into that. He actually went somewhere else with it. Corey says if the Nuggets figure out they aren't going to use Zeke, do you think they should try to use him to go after Jay Crowder? I don't so here's are you listening into like our private conversations? Well, 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 it's funny, man. Like Jay Crowder, are we bugged? <laughs> Jay Crowder, um, he is the type of player you could use. I look. I'm not. I, this, this is too premature for me. This is too premature. They want to trade. They want to trade. I can't do it. Yeah, Jay Crowder is a good player. I think he's a little. Jay Crowder might also have a shelf life. Like we talk about, Chris Paul has his shelf life. shelf life might be like one winding season. down. Yeah, well, there's that the overarching one, but I just mean that like Jay Crowder might be a good guy for a year. He he wears out his welcome. He wears eventually. out his welcome after a year. Yeah, and you're like come on, man. I, Jay, the thing about Jay Crowder, it'd be a risky play to get him because he's pretty volatile. Like yeah. if he didn't like his role coming off the bench with I the know. Suns, would he really run, <laughs> like his role here? You're not <laughs> playing over Michael Porter. You're not yeah. playing over England. Like, the thing is. Who are you going to play in the playoffs? Jay Crowder or Zeke oh, Naji? Jay I Crowder. I can't believe I forgot this. You know who Jokic's favorite is that's outside of the starting lineup? Who? Who's his favorite outside of the lineup? Who does he love? Who has he raved about twice now? Two days we've seen him. Media day and today. Jokic or Murray? I guess. Did you miss your Mike, did Michael Malone? You were there. Yeah. It's Bruce Brown. Oh, my. Yeah. You said Jokic. <laughs> oh, not, oh, I meant Jamal. I meant Michael Malone. Sorry, yeah. sorry, sorry. Yeah, I asked him about Bruce Brown, and he was He raving. went off for like three minutes. Yeah. And what he said is that, first of all, he gave these anecdotes, you know, talking about, oh, when he was available 48 hours, I called him, and I was like, how are you still available? You know, this or that. I found, it sounded like a coach story that you know whatever it's a it's the type of story that goes in the book this after is, the nuggets win the championship no, what it chapter is, 10 no what it is is every year this happens right he was available at six we had him number one on our board we actually would have <laughs> taken him if he was if we had the number one pick we were going to take him but we took him 28th yeah you're like come on man come on <laughs> anyway there was a bruce brown that was a bruce brown story but he was like i love this guy and here's what he said he's like this is his fifth year you'd think he was a 10-year veteran right the way he carries himself the way he does everything um, and that's been my impression too. Michael Malone loves Bruce Brown. Here's my hot take. Bruce Brown's playing a lot of minutes this year. Well, I don't know where, Ma- but Michael Malone said it today. He goes, Bruce Brown is going to close a lot of games for us. Oh, man. Is he said, he said that one. I didn't catch he that said one that today. He's laying the track. He's laying the tracks. I believe that that is going to be the case. All right. What else? Michael we got? Malone loving Bruce Brown. The lock. The, that was a lock. The, the biggest lock of a storyline. Do here. you have updated uh, training camp predictions? Do what, what are the DraftKings lines for MVP of training camp? Uh, Bruce Brown day? moving into <laughs> pole position. <laughs> he minus one fifty. Minus. You have a, he went from plus five hundred <laughs> to minus. He's got to be the favorite, right? Bruce Brown, training camp MVP. <sighs> He's oh, man. bones. Maybe minus a hundred. We'll find out. Uh, when's the Ariana Lenarski episode? Absolutely. Great Probably question. in like a week or two. I mean, it's coming up. It's not, it's not far off. I got to reach out to her. I got to reach out to her. You know, what's funny. I had a buddy, one of my good buddies sent me a tweet the other day and it was hers. Like just randomly. He's like, look what I saw. This is yeah. hilarious. I was like, dude, that's my witch. <laughs> Well, she probably crosses over into a lot of circles. <laughs> it was a tweet. It was something some about like, we shouldn't tell anybody about planets until you're 16. And we should be like, guess what? She dabbles <laughs> in uh, NBA tarot card reading, but she has a lot of other hidden talents as well. Is it because she's the goat? She's the absolute goat. That's my witch. Um, maybe next week. I mean, it's coming up. Uh, ben says, how was hanging with Lord Stanley? And do you think him and Denver will increase the Nuggets chances of for a chip? Did you go to, were you there? I did. I touched Lord Stanley. Wow. Uh, I got a picture with it. Uh, it was cool. 
It was very cool. Do I think having him in Denver will increase the Nuggets' chances for a chip? I Can mean, we dream in maybe a, a back-to-back parade? Mm. What do you think happens? Because it always is like a week before. If the Avs won the cup and Yo. the Nuggets are up one game to zero in the NBA Finals, do you think they delay the the thing and be like, let's do a joint parade, or do you think they just like let's do a parade? And if the Nuggets win, we'll do one in a week. Back-to-back parades has it ever been done before? Probably not. Man, I don't. We'd have to. We'd have to go. I don't probably, think. But you, Boston won like twelve championships in like yeah, five years. Yeah, but hockey basketball is right. so back-to-back. You're right. You can do Patriots, You're Red right. Sox. That's a great point. They're months apart. Hockey basketball, it's so close together. But you can't do just one parade. You can't combine I lo- them. I love that we're trying to figure. Cronkies out the... probably save some money though. <laughs> <laughs> They're all crammed onto one bus. Like, damn it, there's no room on here. We got Jokic, Men McKinnon, and Makar and Jamal Murray on the same fire truck. They're just using the DNVR party bus. <laughs> oh, that went dark really fast. All right, what else we got? Lamar says, would a run-and-gun, up-tempo play style work with the second unit? Take advantage of the altitude like Coach Carl's teams did. I love this. So I think it was Joel Rush on the timeline the other day. I don't know if you saw. He had an article whereby he showed Bones Highland plays at a fast pace. It's one of the things about him is he just has a motor and he gets the ball up the court quickly, whether mm-hmm. that's hit ahead passes he's very good at or just dribbling it up. Contavious Caldwell Pope and Bruce Brown apparently both also play super fast. So now the question becomes, is it like an immovable object or unstoppable force, right? Murray plays really, really slow. Jokic plays pretty slow. Bones plays super fast. Uh, KCP, Bruce Brown plays super fast. So I'm curious to see, do the Nuggets play faster this year? Are there configurations where they play fast? Is there something to Maybe that? the bench plays fast. Does the bench play fast yeah. with DeAndre Jordan? <laughs> Come on, man. Yeah, never mind. <laughs> yeah, I don't see it. I don't know if they're going to play fast. So um, anyway, should they? I think yes. Why not use the altitude to your advantage? I mean, it's a real advantage. Might as well use it. Yeah, I, I, I think it just comes back to like Jokic and Jamal are but that's the, the first core unit of everything he, you do. He's yeah. really talking about a bench unit. The one thing I will say sure. yeah, I mean, the yeah. one thing I will say is that your starters are going to win their possessions. You don't when you play slow with your starters and fast with your bench, even if your starters are playing more minutes, it normalizes because you play more possessions with your bench. Mm-hmm. So you want if your bench is good, play fast because it's like you have an advantage there, especially if they're good at playing fast. But you don't necessarily want them playing fast if they're like blowing leads, right? You know, this to fast. play fast, I'm gonna sound like Mike Malone. To play fast, you have to get stops, though. Yeah, you do have to get stops. <laughs> That's a great point. All right, what else we got? Uh, Alex says, the NVR, uh, what, what should we look for from MPJ to signify some defensive improvements? Man, that's a good question. question. I mean, Michael Porter had a couple like blown assignments, you know, things were like in years past where it's if you don't make mistakes again, guys still have to make shots. Even if you like, oh, I'm slow and I'm on skates and an ISO, the guy still has to make the shot over you. Right. This or that. So just don't get the ones where you're like, oh, we blew the assignment. We both switched out onto this guy and they got a wide open dunk that was like impossible for them to miss. So to me, that would be it, just limiting the mistakes. And then the part I would say, if you want to talk about a real humper where Michael Porter could be really valuable, he's so athletic, he's so long, he jumps so high, he's so quick getting up in the air that to me, if he's doing that a lot, if he's just like constantly in good rotations defensively, I'd be like, man, look at that. He's standing out because he's Mm -hmm. always blocking shots. Yeah. Also, how you're going to know if he's improving defensively and if Michael Malone sees that he's improving and there's that trust there. He's going to be on the floor at the end of close games. Yeah. Because if he's not improving defensively, it's probably going to be Bruce Brown. Yeah. All right. What else we got? I don't know how to say that. Vyakoslav. Perpich. Do you have enough rocky shots? How serious you are pronouncing the names. (laughs) I like to try. Do you have enough rocky shots for regular season? Uh, we have six bottles of we have six bottles. Some of the finest rakia in Serbia. I will say we had seven, and we all had discussed you know using those this year for the Winter's Lodge. Vote drink it the very first day he was back. He drank his bottle. Very first day. 
the entire bottle in a day? Don't you remember he was in like New York? He flew back to New York and he drank it all. Oh, that's right. So we have six bottles. Going to, like, um, probably concert. not. That's probably not enough, to be honest. We need uh <laughs> there's gonna be a lot of winners lounges. We need our guy Marco to to come through with some some homemade, some of that homegrown. All right, what do we got? Is that it? Is that it? Are we all done? That's all we got. All, all right. right, Kale, cue that outro music, guys. Day one training camp in the books. It's so good to have things to talk about. You know what? Let's just we just talked about what we saw today. Lots to talk about. There was we didn't. Snake there was draft. a lot going on today. We didn't even do one snake draft this offseason. Is I that true? Like. Might have done one. We might have done one or two. Um, that was it. It's fun, man. I, I, it's excited. I think we're gonna have some exciting guests while we're out here. Uh, or at least one. Um. And it just should be good. Like as you go through this, more and more themes pick up. It was kind of funny today. Like even as Nuggets PR is like, all right, who do you guys want? It's like, well, we talked to them yesterday. They had one practice. And now we're to... It feels almost a little bit weird because so little has happened. But nonetheless, this thing, as time goes on, you start to pick up more and more themes, more and more. You asked us like who's become a buddy, buddy. Guys, we saw these guys. So we'll probably know more tomorrow. We'll Ask that question again tomorrow. Yeah. So we'll be bringing that. Uh, hit that like button on the way out. Harrison Wynn cooking up something great for you guys on the DNVR.com. We'll see you guys then.